Hey, Jerry, I'm so excited. Our podcast, Because I Want to Know and Hibbly Horror Stories, are doing a live event together in the Dallas area. Yep, Saturday, October 16th. It's going to be so much fun. Dude, you just completely ignored the fact that Mysterious Circumstances and Hillbilly Horror Stories have a live event the night before in Galveston, Texas. I did not. As a matter of fact, Justin, I was just going to bring up the Galveston show on Friday, October 15th. Jerry, why are you doing a commercial with Justin? Once again, you have given him special treatment over me. Besides, we have a special private dinner show in Memphis on that Tuesday, October 12th. Tracy, I would never give anyone preferential treatment over you. Of course you wouldn't. Thank you, Justin. Um, hello, Leslie Fear over here. Now everyone's ignoring me. Enough. Get your tickets and more information at hillbillyhorrorstories.com. We will see you there unless we kill each other first. Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where I interview guests about their crazy unique occupations or life experiences. I'm your host, Leslie Fear. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey everyone, today I'm joined with Sarah and she is a book friend of mine. Recently, she contacted me via email and said, you know what, Leslie, I have something that's gone on in my life that has really impacted me and I thought you might want to cover it on your podcast and guess what, guys, I did. So Sarah, welcome to my show and to telling me your story because this is a doozy and I commend you for even wanting to talk to me about this. So welcome to the show. It is an absolute pleasure to be here because I absolutely love your podcast. Um, For one thing, it's like no topics are the same. Everything's different. And I, as I was sitting here kind of working through my own process, I was like, I think this might be something Leslie would want to know. Uh, Yeah. And you know what? I didn't really know anything about this. Uh, And when you approached me with the subject, I was like, I don't know this because we're going to talk about financial infidelity. And before I ask you all the questions and all that, I'm going to go ahead and, and read the definition of it because I looked it up because this has not luckily happened in my life. Hopefully it never will. Unfortunately, it has in yours. But the definition of financial infidelity is spending money, possessing credit or credit cards, holding secret accounts or stashes of money, borrowing money, or otherwise incurring debt without the knowledge of one's spouse, partner, or significant other. Does that pretty much describe what you went through? To a T. Um, exactly. Like you were li- listing all those things. I was like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yep. So let's just start at the beginning. Tell us about your marriage and go from there. Okay. So uh, we've been married for over 20 years. Yeah. Um, we went to high school together. We dated in high school. I've, you know, had him in my life longer than he hasn't been in my life. Like right. it's right. just always been there. Um, we have three amazing kids and uh, we love to travel. We love to have adventures We love to cook, we love to create, and just couldn't have asked for a better life partner. Oh, okay. So you meet in high school. Now, how long after high school were you guys in college? How long did it take for you guys to decide to to get married and and do all that? So we dated our senior year of high school. We have prom pictures. It's so cute. But then we kind of broke up because we were going in two separate directions for college, and then we kind of randomly met up again our sophomore year and started dating then we dated for five years and that whole time we never lived in the same town like it was always 
two separate areas. And then when we got married, I moved to where he was and we started our life there. Oh, wow. Okay. So early on, there was none of this financial infidelity. Um, it sounds like he had an amazing, amazing job and got like these ridiculous bonuses and we lived the good life. Oh, wow. When we were down there and like we went to Paris, we went to England, we we did road trips, we drove all over and um, it was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So you're well into your marriage. I don't know how many years. So maybe we should just kind of fast forward a little bit and go to that part. Sounds like the marriage was going very well. You had your children probably by then. So tell me what kind of started this off or do you even know what started it off? After we had our first son, he got laid off. And, you know, like I said, we had been used to this very lovely lifestyle. And I think he just kind of wanted to continue with that. So little payday loans and things like that started happening, credit cards and things like that. I think that's kind of how it started and just kind of ballooned from there. Wow. And and at this point, you know... He's not working at all, but he is getting these payday loans, right? The the loans where um, he was working kind of a part-time job. And I'll, I'll say this, like whenever he found out he was getting laid off, he came and picked me up from my job and we went to lunch and he dropped me back off at my job and immediately went out and started applying like at Best Buy and Target and all this stuff and just started um, working kind of those part-time jobs. Right to fill in the gap, but there wasn't a part-time job that was going to fill that bank account like his job did. And he went through a couple of different careers and then finally has the career that he has now, but still just, I think that habit started kind of that, well, there's always this I can go to if I need it. Yeah. yeah. Now, and, and you're in the education field. I know you work for a local school district of ours and you've got a master's degree, correct? Yes. Right. So, you know, obviously you're not doing too poorly. You're doing pretty well for yourself. So, I mean, it's taken me a while. This has been my, my career for my life. Um, I got out of college and I got a teaching job and I've dedicated my life to education. So I have that kind of years built up. I mean, it's to the point now where I'm like, retirement is, I can see it in the distance. Mm, Nice. Yeah. And so, you know, it's nice to just have that nest egg and the fact that you can do what you do. You love what you do, obviously. You've got a master's degree in it. So when your husband's laid off, it's not a huge deal. You're not like freaking out, you know? So what do you think it was that made him think, okay, because if you can describe what a payday loan is, I don't know if everyone really knows what that means. So can you kind of tell everyone what he was doing? Sadly, I can tell you exactly what a payday loan is. So it's basically where you apply for a quick kind of cash payment and you promise to pay it back. And usually they have extremely exorbitant interest rates. Um, I mean, and and we're talking like triple digit interest rates. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It it almost sounds scandalous, you know, that that even happens, but... um, but is that even legal that they can do that? Um, they have it in their little fine print and you sign it. So you know what wow. you're signing up for. Okay. So because do you think it was more of this identity crisis he was going through where, oh my gosh, I don't have my, the job that I was making, you know, the, the money that I was making and my wife is doing this and I need to contribute. What do you think it was that yeah, made him? I think it's very much that provider of the family okay. kind of mentality. Yeah, yeah. 
so tell me the rest because um, I can ask you all kinds of questions, but your story to me, and I only know really the surface part. Tell me kind of what happened from that point on. So we actually, um, he tested positive for COVID on a Thursday. So that night he got shuttled off into one of the kids' rooms right. because we, we, the rest of us got tested, but we didn't have our results yet. Okay. And the kids and I, everybody was now in quarantine. Right. And so that Friday we, you know, I worked from home. He had the 10 days off. So he was kind of relaxing and I was handling the three kids virtual school, which was so enjoyable. And, um, and like he's laying in bed watching TV and I'm handling the kids, but he can't come out and help because we don't know who else is positive. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so that evening he came out and I poured us some shots of fireball because what else do you do when you're in quarantine? Okay, you, you had me um, at Fireball. Okay. Yeah, right? okay. <laughs> um, yeah. We were going to take a shot to celebrate that we survived day one, yeah. you know, and there was a knock at the door. It was like 930. And we're like, who is knocking on our door at 930? Like wow. nobody does that. Yeah. And so I go to the door and I don't open it. And I'm like, hello. And they're like, is Sarah there? And I said, well, yeah. I mean, I was like, can you open the door? And I said, no, I, I, I honestly, I can't, sir, because... Uh, we just had someone test positive and we're in quarantine. And he was like, oh, oh wow. kind of threw him for a loop. And yeah. so he worked it out where I came over to the window and he saw me and he's like, I just need you to sign this. And I said, OK. So he left it on the steps and walked back. I opened the door, picked up the paper, signed it and left it. And it was this thick envelope. I was like, what in the heck is this? Yeah. And I pulled it out and I had just been served with papers because a credit card company was suing me. Oh my, okay, you, specifically you. Me specific. Okay. What the heck, girl? What was going through your head? It was all sorts of confusion. And I just turned and looked at him and I said, I thought you said this was handled. Well, because you knew that before this, because we need to back up a little bit, you knew before this that he was taking these payday loans out, correct? No, I did not. Oh, you did not. What what made you... No like, he handled all the finances. Because okay. to be perfectly honest, I am not very good at math. Okay. And when I was single and living by myself, I never had any bounce checks or anything because I worked at the bank and could get it covered. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so I hadn't really learned money management. And everything was kind of in his wheelhouse. And it was something that you know, he seemed to enjoy because he got to work with spreadsheets, which is always exciting for him. And so he handled all of it. And so I had gotten calls from credit card companies and I would say, hey, they called. Can you call them and see what's going on? I thought you had paid this off. And he was like, oh, yeah, I wonder what the problem is. And then he would never call. Oh, so OK. Like of the philosophy, if I just don't talk to him, it's just going to go away because yeah. it had in the past. Oh, wow. Okay. And this yeah. company said, no, we're not going anywhere. So. Okay. So you're served with papers in your name because now he's yeah. using your name, your social security number, um, because he's probably exhausted his name and his credit line. Right. Uh, yikes, girl. So, okay. So you go to him and you're like, what in the ever loving heck, dude? And what happened yeah. then? I just look at him and I take my shot of fireball because <laughs> I'm not going to waste it. Heck no, no. I mean, actually, it's an opportune time. Yeah. And um, I just go into our bedroom and shut the door. And it didn't feel like this was my life. Oh. Like, I felt like I was in some sort of lifetime movie. Right. 
And so I went to bed and one of the things that, and I ended up testing positive for COVID. And so one of the ways COVID affected me was that I had insomnia. Mm. So not only did I have this huge, you know, disease I was fighting, I had this other stress going on. So I woke up at about midnight and I knew because I had actually taught financial literacy courses. (laughs) I know. Go figure, right? We had taught financial literacy courses at our church. I had taught them at a school I was at. Um, I knew that I could get our credit reports for free. So I go hunt down his social security number and I pull his credit report and it comes out to be like 70 something pages. And I pull my credit report, which is like 60 pages. And I just start going through everything and I am speechless. Like it's all there, all the charged off accounts, all the open accounts. Mm. And like, I started looking at them and there were four new accounts that he had opened within the last month. And I was like, what is going on? And, you know, this whole time I had never had access to our bank account ever. I didn't know how to log in. I didn't know what our login was. I knew what my PIN number was. And that was like great for me. And so I made him give me the checking account information and I go in and we're in the negative. Mm. And I start going back as far as the online statements will go, which would be August of 2019 and every single month, we had gone at least $1,100 negative. Oh, girl. Well, let me ask you, because people are going to say, well, why didn't you know, you know, and don't get me wrong, I, I don't handle the money in my family either. Um, my husband does it. He's a CPA. He should. Um, oh, I, I, right? I I'm, like, I'm like, your husband's a CPA. I yeah, yeah. No. And, and it's very common. Now, I do have access to and I do look myself, but I know my listeners are going to go, wait a minute, why did she know that was her fault? And I don't mean it in a bad way to you, but tell me why. I know you're not good with numbers, but is it because he's always done? You've been married for 20 years. I mean, it's not like this came out of nowhere. It Well, it did come out of nowhere. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's, it's such different behavior than he's ever had. Therefore, why you didn't think to look at the bank account? Um, well, one thing is I had to get that information from him. And to be perfectly honest, there was never a reason for me not to trust him. Right. Right. I mean, he is an exceptional person. He is an amazing, amazing father, a wonderful man. He is excels at his job. So, I mean, it, it, it's completely out of his character. Right. And I t- completely take ownership of the fact that I just did not dig my heels in. Um, like after all this happened, I started seeing a therapist and I was like, you know, I really do feel like I'm a bad bitch right now. Like, I feel powerful because um, I have all this knowledge. Right. And yeah. like, where was that bad bitch before? And I was like, distracted, completely distracted. Yeah. And when, you, when you've got three children, you're working full time and like side hustles galore. So, yeah. So, and you know, let's be honest and I'm, I'm going to be brutal here because I would be brutal with myself. Yeah. That's not really an excuse, but it is an excuse because you did, you were busy and you trusted him and you, sh- you had no reason not to trust him because he's always handled it and he's always done a good job handling it. Something happened to him when he was laid off, something changed in him. And I think that's the root of the question here. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. And that was the thing. That was my I wanted to know why, because to be perfectly honest, we don't have expensive cars. I mean, my car is a 2014 mom van for crying out loud. Like 
we don't have an extravagant furniture. We don't have extravagant things all around us. I'm like, what the hell did all of this money go towards? And what I have come to find out since then is that he was literally taking out payday loans to cover other payday loans. I mean, just robbing Peter to pay Paul continually. And when you kind of start getting into that cycle, it just doesn't end. And, you know, I follow a lot with Dave Ramsey and the things that he does. And um, a friend of mine sent me this explanation about what Dave, how Dave Ramsey sees like the reasons behind financial infidelity. And he says that there's three. One is that there's somebody else, um, an affair, an addiction, something. And that, and that was something I asked him. I was like, yeah. is there another woman? He's like, no. I was like, is there another man? <laughs> yeah. You know, you better ask all no. the questions. Yeah, yeah. I was like, is it drugs? Is it alcohol? Like, is it gambling? Is it what? What is it? He's like, no, it, it, it's not. It's it's none of those things. Dave Ramsey's second thing is that it's basically the man or woman is just an obstinate child. They're like, well, I want a big boat, so I'm going to go buy a big boat. Okay. And that wasn't it at all because, A, we don't have a big boat. Right. Um, and, B, like, it, it wasn't something extravagant like that. And then the last one is shame. And I feel like that is truly what caused it to last as long as it did. Mm. Because of how, what he was spending the money on, which was to pay off those payday loans and credit cards that had just been piling up. Because at first he was just thinking, hey, I don't want to do without, even though I'm not working and getting the salary I was getting. So I'll go ahead and, and Christmas will be the same and anniversaries yeah. will be the same and birthdays will be the same. Is that kind of how it started? And then it just kind of snowballed? Is, is that a good way to put it? I would agree completely. Okay. Yeah. So... And, and then it just kind of, like you said, it just got out of hand. And now he's paying off everything else with other payday loans. And it's deeper and deeper into debt. Now, I know at one point he even had to go to his mother, correct? Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, he went to his mom. He went to my dad. Oh, my God. There's all sorts of, between those two, a lot of money changing hands. And sadly, he would sit there and tell them, now, don't tell Sarah. And they didn't, oh, which wow. is something I've had to Go process to therapy and for. work through. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, work through for my own. It's like um, when all of this went down, his mom was like, are you mad at me? And I was like, yeah, I, I am. Right. Because if you had come to me and said something to me when this happened, do you know how much easier it would have been to fix? Mm. Yeah. We would not have, because it was two years that she knew about it. Oh my gosh. I didn't know it was two years. Yeah. Oh so she knew about it for two years. So all this stuff is piling up and the interest is piling up and everything. And, you know, she's like, but he's my son. And I was like, but these are your grandchildren. Like, right. And and this is affecting your life. This is affecting your house. This yeah. is affecting, yeah. you know, everything. And she said yeah. to me, she was like, you know, but I, I didn't know what to do. And I was like, well, what was your gut telling you? Because she had said, I was just so torn up about it. And I was like, that right there tells me you knew exactly what you were doing. Right. So that's still, that was something that I had to work through. And it's still kind of something that I'm working through. It's like a double betrayal in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, but let me ask you this. Okay. So we go through all this. And also, by the way, your dad knows, uh, did you work it out with knowing your dad knew? My, my dad didn't know the extent. Okay. My dad did not know anything. He just was like, he would say, just don't tell Sarah this because um, it would really upset her or he would just flat out lie. And okay. his lies were 
extremely believable like oh, sure. and it, you know how some people have tells when they lie like i know when my oldest son is lying i can tell you a mile away he's lying right and that was another thing is that the lies sounded so believable there wasn't any stuttering when he replied there wasn't a wait time for trying to think they just naturally rolled off his tongue mm -hmm. and what i realized is he did it for so long it became habit oh i i totally agree with that i mean i i can see that happening i it, they start getting good at it because you know after a while you're so afraid and you're so petrified of what could happen if you don't lie if you don't protect yourself if you don't protect all everything yeah. and that's important to you because at the end of the day sarah the man loves you the man loves his children. The man is tr is struggling to make it work, regardless of whether you guys have the money or not. And he's doing everything he can. So let me ask you this. Is this abuse? I don't think so, because there wasn't, his intent wasn't to cause pain or distress. Okay. No, that's a good answer. Yeah, because it, it was it was premeditated in a way that he knew what he was doing, but it wasn't like, let me, the, the intention was not an ill intention, but also can a marriage survive this? What are your thoughts on that? And that's where we are. Okay. Um, you know, if I can tell you right now, if we both didn't have COVID, he would not have stayed at the house. And so oh, we basically kind of separated within the house. And even after we recovered, he still slept in a different bedroom mm. and stuff. And we sat down and talked to the kids about it. But I, you know, one time I looked at him and I said, I can't even kick your sorry ass out of this house yeah. because you can't even afford a cardboard box. Oh, yeah. And that's. Wow. Yeah. And so he like, I will say COVID was not fun by any imagination. It is awful. We just lost a friend to COVID. Oh, so sorry to hear um, that. But at the same time, he talks a lot about God's timing and for this to come out when we had no choice but to stay home. Right. It was a blessing very, in disguise. It's a yeah. blessing in disguise almost. And you know what? Here's the deal. Some some good things can come out of really, really bad situations, COVID or not. And let me tell you one thing. I'm very impressed that you are allowing this to play out in your marriage. Because here's the deal. You have a lot of respect for him still in other things. And I think that is a good foundation to start the healing process. So what are you doing now? Are you going to maybe fix this? Uh, work on your relationship? How are you going forward with this? We work constantly okay. on our relationship. Okay. You know, whenever it was first going on, every night we'd sit down and have one question where we'd ask each other one question, no holds barred. Oh, wow. Good and job. some answers were good and some were hard to hear um, on both sides. Yeah. But what it has done is it, it has made us communicate more. He has absolutely no contact whatsoever with our banking account. Good for you. At all. Good for you. <laughs> like that yeah. was the first thing I did was I took all his cards. I got his email logins for email accounts I didn't know he had. And I'll tell you right now, I was friggin' Columbo on this because I searched through every email. I'm the one who found out that one of the payday loans he had had like a 500% interest rate. Oh my God. That is insane. Insane. Oh and so I sat down and I knew from my financial literacy training and every classes that how to make a budget. So I sat down and I looked through, okay, what are our monthly bills? What's our monthly income? And, you know, that first month I had to tell his mom 
that we couldn't pay her for watching our kids. I was like, we just don't have the money. Mm. And she was like, okay. And I said, look, to be honest, there's been multiple months that he's paid you instead of paying our electric bill. So you're just going to have to chill. Um, so we sat down and made a budget and I took all of the debts that I could find and I made a big list of all of the debts. And I mean, it totaled over $120,000. Oh my gosh. Now that includes cars and our, our student loans and stuff, which I found out he hadn't made any payments on our student loans. So that's yay. Um, and it's gone up considerably. It's probably around one. 60 170 now oh girl when i total everything up but we have worked extremely hard to pay off and pay down the debt and you know like i said earlier i told my therapist i feel so extremely like a bad bitch like i feel so empowered yeah yeah (laughs) and it's because this had been something that i had a fear of like i had a fear of handling money and now i know I can do it. I can do it well. Um, we've had like a couple of months where we had some overdrafts, but not where we was every month for two years or anything. And that's just because as we're working through our budget and we find out, oh, we forgot about this or, oh, it's better if we do it this way. Right. I mean, we talk a lot about our budget. We just had a meeting last night, as a matter of fact, about our budget. And um, I just feel so empowered so empowered that I can do this. And I have a huge thrill about my Excel spreadsheets now. (laughs) (laughs) That is hilarious. Now you tell my husband, he's like, I got a spreadsheet. I've got all this stuff. You know, he's got columns of whatever. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like falling asleep. He was showing me all the things, but no, the thing is, and you know, it's a wake up call obviously for you, but it's also a very big test of your marriage, of your love for one another, I know respect in some ways has gone to the wayside a little bit with him, but that doesn't mean you can't get it back. So are you guys working on staying together or is that the plan for you both? That's extremely much the plan. Like I've known since 1997 that this is the person God created me for. Well, you know, and that's the thing, and I have to commend you for this because not a lot of marriage could survive this. And, and I do think that, I honestly just think he lost his way though, Sarah. I just think he just lost his way. And honestly, like we did this Bible study one time um, called Love and War. Mm-hmm. And it's all about how you and your partner are like kind of Roman soldiers and the way that they would fight was back to back so that your back was always protected by your significant other and you were protecting their back from the world. Oh, that's a good and analogy. I will tell anybody that, you know, one of my main jobs in here is to defend and protect my husband. And so with that, I feel like what happened was he stepped away in the fact that he didn't let me be part of the discussions. He didn't let me be part of it. And since this coming to light and us working on it, I mean, we have paid off like almost 60000 Oh my gosh. In the debt. And one of the things I've gotten extremely good at is negotiating with the collection companies. Like I am super good at it. Wow. Well, you know, (laughs) but I I mean, it worked out good. Like I had one that was a credit card that he had done for 11,000 was the balance. And they called collecting and the guy was like, "Um, I can set you up on a payment plan and for where the balance is like 9,500. I was like, that is not a deal, sir. 
Like that is not going to get you on my list. And wow. I said, look, I'm just going to tell you what happened. And so I, I explained to him everything that had happened. And he was like, let me go talk to my supervisor. So he goes and talks to his supervisor and he comes back. And he's like, okay, we can make a settlement amount for 6,000. And oh, I was wow. like, deal. Okay, deal. There, yeah. Well, and it, you're so inundated with bills and all the debt that, you know, either you kind of have to take what I can give you or you walk away and you declare bankruptcy, but that never had to happen, correct? No, we haven't had to do that because oh. what I said was, I don't know how to explain it. I felt like we have the capability to pay it off. So we're going to work to pay it off because it is our debt. We right. did accumulate this sure. yeah. um, kind of that responsibility toward it. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, kind of at the same time, it's really been eye opening to what happens when you don't have a partner in something. Right. And he sat there many times and has said, I can't believe all that we've accomplished in this short amount of time. Like I, He's like, I wish I had said something sooner because I know that it would have been handled faster. Yeah. And it's just all about shame and all about covering up, covering up, covering up to where you're beyond it's out of control. And he needed your help. And God bless you for taking it on and still keeping him in your life. So what do you think the future is for you guys as far as this goes? Are you ever going to trust him again with this kind of stuff? Or do you think you're just going to handle it all in the future? What, What do you think? One of my biggest points in not letting him have access to the bank account is for him to know how it feels not to know. Oh, there you go. That's, that's a good I can't point. Tell you how many times I went to Target to check out and I didn't know if my card was going to say declined or approved oh, yeah. because I just didn't know. And I still to this day remember the first time I went to Target and I knew exactly how much money was in my account. I knew exactly how much I could spend. And I was like, I don't have this stress or fear that it's going to be like, nope, sorry, declined. And he's really, he understands. He's like, it's so hard not knowing. I was like, is it really now for like six (laughs) months? You haven't known. And okay. Now, now, is he working now? Oh, gosh. Yeah. 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 And and the thing is, he's been working. So he has been working this whole time. Oh, yeah. This, this probably has been going on for about 12 years. Oh, in total this whole infidelity thing has been going on for 12 years. I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah. Oh, I thought this was like the last few years. I had no idea. Had areas of like highs and lows where the, he's taken out a lot of payday loans and then he stops and then he takes a lot out again and then he stops. So no wonder you knew in the beginning, Hey, wait a minute. I thought you took care of this. Okay. I would give him the information or he'd be like, Oh, I'll take care of that. Okay. I see. Another call, so he must have taken care of it. Okay, okay. But still, you know, and that's the thing. You were still trusting him, probably against your better judgment, but you're thinking, I'm making good money. Um, there's we, we don't want for anything. But I remember you telling me he would, like, give you guys lavish Christmas gifts and buy all these things, you know, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Christmas was Nucking foots. Like it was so many <laughs> gifts for the kids and so many gifts for us. And like we'd set a budget, but ha 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 ha, we never stick to a budget. Ha, oh, okay. Ha, ha. Yeah. We're and talking so Apple Christmas, products and yeah, yeah. This Christmas, I mean, we shopped at Five Below. We um, didn't give each other gifts. We didn't do stockings. Like we love doing stockings for ourselves. We did not. And it, it went to the kids because I told them I don't want the kids to suffer for this. We did a lot of they don't need 
you know, 10 things, we can get them three things on their list and they'll be fine. You know, that kind of stuff. And my daughter, it was very upsetting to her. She's like, what do you mean Santa Claus isn't going to bring y'all gifts? And it's like, well, Santa Claus knows that some things have happened between mom and dad and that the gift we really need is just time. And we need to be with you guys because y'all always just make us so much happier. And um, she's like, but still, like, you're not going to get to open anything. And I was like, it's, it's okay. Yeah. You know? And, you know, when it affects the kids, it's, it's, it's a heartbreak. And I, and I get really is where it hurts me. Yeah. Like there's things that we haven't been able to do now and that my kids haven't been able to do because of it. And I just am like, ugh, like I don't want them to suffer for our sins. Right. Right. But you know what? The good thing about kids and let's be honest, they're so resilient about this kind of stuff. They don't need the lavish gifts. My mom and I had it. I just had a podcast about this. I think you heard about it. She yeah. would buy all these tiny little gifts and, and wrap them. And they were like gold to us. And it could have been something so minute and small, but she knew what we all individually liked. And it was magical. And to me, that is the best thing. Something from the heart as opposed to some big, huge, massive gift that, hey, it's great and I wanted it for so long. But the fact that I got a bunch of little things that I really, really loved and my mom thought about, that was, to me, that was more valuable even then. Yeah, and that was exactly it. Like, they wouldn't have known if it came from the Dollar Tree or Five Below or Target or Saks Fifth Avenue. Like they would not know or they wouldn't care either. They're just like, oh my gosh, it's another one for me. They don't care. You're right. And they don't care. And you know, it's funny because my daughter's an artist and she'll like, you know, she's a starving artist at this point because she's going to college and all those things. And she'll say, mom, what do you want? I'm like, baby, all I want is for you to make me something of your own. Cause she's an, well, you know, she's an amazing artist. I love her art. Thank you. And she's just so great. And I hate to say that about my own daughter, but it's just the truth. So truth. like I sit there and look at her art and I was like, Oh my gosh, my stick figures don't even, look like <laughs> my stick figures. don't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and so, and so I'm like, you know, just, just draw something. I don't even care what you make. It's just, it's from you. And I have our entire house in Bowie is totally done of her art. Every single thing is for her, from her art. So yeah, it, it doesn't have to be this lavish thing for the kids or for us at this point. So I am, I got to say though, I, I commend you actually both because he could have gone a whole different route and said, you're not going to take over this for me. I've got control. I know what I'm doing, even though he didn't. Um, and you know, but the fact that he surrendered and he listened to you, that, yeah. that speaks volumes to me. Yeah. And, and that was something that I told him when we, this was all happening and everything. And I said, I know you feel such relief that this is out and open. And I said, and what I get so angry about is that I don't get any joy or relief by knowing it. Oh, yeah. And he was like, yeah, well, I am sleeping better, you know? Yeah, so. but now it's all on you. But I do think that I, I do think that he gets that part now from from how you've described it. Or, or I, And if he didn't, I don't think you'd be together. I, I don't think you'd, you'd tolerate it because you are the bad bitch, as you say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. So, and I think the counseling, does he go to counseling with you or is it just you? What What's that yeah, going? It's individual. Okay, okay. And, you know, and I do think when it comes to counseling and, and not that I am a counselor, but I'm a big believer in intention. 
And if he had all the right intentions, but just was really just misled by the the hunger of money and the want of things, as opposed to just, oh, I need to work harder to get it or, or save or whatever, he was just impatient. But the fact that he probably just had the best intentions, just was impatient or whatever it was. Um, you kind of got to look at it that way as opposed to, hey, um, I'm just going to screw my wife over and my child over or my children over and my parents and her parents because I want this now. Because that to me, that's a narcissist. He's not. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not it at, at all. No. Like his intention was not that. Right. No, absolutely not. At all. So it's amazing. And it's and it's in a unique situation that you both can work this out together and still stay married. That's and, and, and really, it's us working on this together has really kind of shown him what great partners we are and, and what we do. Right. Is it parenting, life, planning a trip, whatever, planning dinner, whatever. Right. Um, it very much is that we make a bigger impact. We accomplish more together. Absolutely. And you know what? That kind of gives me hope for other people that are going through nothing nearly as stressful as you and still decide not to stay together when maybe you could still maybe try to work it out. Now, don't get me wrong. There's way worse situations. But hearing what you guys have gone through and the fact that you can still just mend the fences between each other and and keep the family together because your kids are young. and. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and maybe I'm too traditionalist. I don't know. But just the fact that you guys can work this out and still love each other and still have that bond with each other and still desire each other, even after all the hurt, you know? Yeah. And that's what, you know, I've and talking about this, my therapist, I'm like, he's a good man. Yes. Like, he does things to take care of us and to show that he cares. He takes care of me when I'm sick, which is a big job yes. anyway. Yeah. I'm slightly high maintenance in real life. And when I'm <laughs> sick, it's just awful. When I get hangry, he help, he takes care of me. Like he's a very caring and loving person. And I really knew the more that time that passed and the more that I kind of looked at things, it wasn't that he was doing it out of hurt or spite. It was, I'm just trying to do the best for my family. Right. And one of the things he said was, I just have a hard time telling you no. And I Aww. said, but you did like... <laughs> multiple times. Right. Yeah. So it's got to be something better. And I, I feel like it was that sense of providing for my family. Right. Like this is something my family wants, or I think my family needs this, so I'm going to get it. So the intention, like I said, the intention was good. The intention was there. The intention was, you know, I want to take care of my wife. I love her dearly. I love my children dearly. And that's what's carried you. That's why you're still together. That's really what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think if it had been any of the other two Dave Ramsey reasons, yeah. like his stuff would be on the curb. Well, so. Absolutely. And I'm just so happy that you guys have paid off so much now. And yes, you're still in debt. It sounds like you're on the right track. It sounds like I don't even know if you would want help from anyone else. I think just doing it yourselves is such a, a cool accomplishment for you guys that, you know, you can get past anything now. I mean, it doesn't really matter what it is now. So kudos to you both. That's amazing. Thanks. It's been a lot of trial and tribulations and a lot of sacrifice, yeah. but it's a worthy cause, you Absolutely. know, like we've worked very hard and um, we should have everything but the big stuff like car and college loans and stuff like that. That should be paid off 
by the end of the year. Oh like, my I'm God. That is amazing news. That's incredible. And the weird part is, is like, as you start paying stuff off, it's like the credit card companies go, hey, girl, look, they're just starting to pay stuff off. Um, hey, let's go ahead and collect on them. Yeah. And so we would make progress and then another collection company would come up and it felt oh, like we just kept getting okay. right back to, you know, the first square. I we see. would build so much up and then it would get torn down. And that was very defeating. I am not going to gloss that over or put any pretty words on I that. About that. That is yeah. extremely hard. And that's kind of the lowest times is when we've made progress and we've done this and we've sacrificed and we've pushed forward and here comes another roadblock right? Um, that kind of stalls out your progress. So that's been one of the hardest things is as we go through this process, we just still keep having things pop up. Well, let me ask you though, what has this taught you though about yourself and maybe about your marriage? Um, I think for our marriage, it's really taught that we are meant to be a partnership. Um, He's got excellent skills in one area and I've got excellent skills in another area. And when you combine them, it's like, she-ra and he-man just <laughs> <laughs> activated. No, yeah. And I think for me, it's that I've really learned what matters most to me. Aww. And that's my kids, right. you know, my family, my marriage is important to me that um, this isn't a reflection on me as a person or as a professional or anything. It's just kind of right. something that happened. But what it's done is made me realize that I'm worthy of a lot more than I thought I was. Absolutely. And see, that is what I hope everyone gets out of their whole lives, whether it's what you've gone through, whether it's whatever they've gone through. Hopefully it's not as tough for everyone, but sometimes it's even tougher for others. So it's just one of those things, if you can get past it and just learn and live and try your best with the best intentions, you're probably going to get through it. It's going to be hard. And God knows it's going to be a cakewalk. No, it it, honestly, it never is. Yeah. But if you, it kind of reminds me of the quote, you know, those things that we gain easily, we esteem cheaply. Absolutely. Like if it comes easy, we're not going to value it as much. No, you got to have skin in the game, babe. You got to have skin in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, Sarah, you have been amazing. And I thank you so much for sharing your story with me because I don't think that many people know about this kind of situation. I certainly didn't. I mean, I never, I didn't know there was a label for this. Um, I thought it was more of a, an infidelity with money. Yes. But it was more like, okay, well, that's the end of a marriage. How amazing that it wasn't the case for you like that at all. And I just like, I I didn't know either that there was such a thing. (laughs) And I I just sat down and started Googling and I found all of this out and I was like, yep, yep. Yeah. And when you approached me, I did feel like I had been cheated on, but there wasn't. And one of the most frustrating things for me was there wasn't somebody to blame. There wasn't something. There wasn't another woman. There wasn't a drug problem. There wasn't something for me to blame. It was just like all kind of how he handled it, his actions. Right. And just your maybe looking the other way because you were busy, you had kids and you were working and all the things. So um, I can see how you could kind of blame yourself too. And uh, but also you have such trust, so it's hard to gauge. So, um, but no, I, I'm just so happy that you guys are working this out and that you're going to be stronger in the end. And the thing is, I hope if anybody listens to this podcast, this, or this episode and something like this is happening, even if it's not money related, if it's something else, people can stay together, people can learn to 
to grow together. Um, it doesn't always happen that way. But in your situation, it is. And I'm just so happy for you both. I'm just so thankful that you were like, yes, yes. <laughs> because this is kind of part of therapy Absolutely. for me is yes. getting out there. But I also know that, you know, my hope is that there's someone out there that's listening to this and parts of this empower them Absolutely. to sit there and say, oh, you know what? I need to talk to you more about this or, you know, let's have tough conversations so that things don't come out years later that lead to a marriage being ruined or a relationship like with the power of kind of being a bad bitch sometimes. Yeah. Bring it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean, there is some power to that. I get it. So Sarah, thank you so much for just joining me tonight and talking about your story. I know it's not the easiest thing to talk about, but I'm so grateful and thankful for just you telling me your story. And I'm very happy for you and your sweet husband and kids. Thank you so much. Thank you, Leslie. I love you so much. Well, I love providing because I want to know to you at no cost. So if you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review or you can donate to the show at my PayPal at lesliefear at yahoo.com. Any support you give will be sincerely appreciated as I'm a one-woman show and I do all my own producing, all my own recording, and all my own scheduling. And I appreciate any amount you feel led to give as it'll help offset the cost of my show. Also, one more thing, I am a paranormal romance novelist. I have eight under my belt and you can find them all on Amazon.com. Just look up my name. I'm very easy to find. Thank you all so much for your support and I will see you next week.